Praise the Lord. How many of you believe he's able to do anything? We do have a famous God, don't we? Amen. And we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. If you would stand with us, if you're not already standing for just a moment. We have a couple of prayer requests that have been turned in. Kaysen Sarton. Uh, sick with COVID, we need to pray for them tonight. For Pittman Gherkin, who has congestive heart failure, we know a God who's able. It doesn't matter if it's heart failure, if it's COVID, whatever it is, Jesus has already taken the stripes on his back for our healing. I remember one time I was making a prayer request to God and I told God this, this sounds silly but I said um, Lord this is going to take a miracle and it was as if I heard an audible voice, it wasn't but it was into my heart and he just said that's what I do matter of fact what I was praying for was that boy right over there, my son that he would come back to God and the Lord said, that's what I do. It's going to take a miracle, but that's what he does. Amen. There may be others here this evening that have special needs. If you'll just lift your hand all across this congregation, let's take these needs before the Lord right now. Father, we thank you for the power that is in your name. We thank you for the healing virtue. We thank you that you've already paid the price for our healing with your stripes. And we ask you now, Lord, to minister to these that are in need of a miracle for Pittman, for Kaysen, Lord, for many others, every hand that's been lifted tonight, we ask you to bring deliverance, healing, and victory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. While you're standing, could we go to the word of the Lord? together in the book of Proverbs. We won't keep you standing long because just one verse of scripture we're going to be using for our text tonight. Proverbs 21 and verse 21. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. The word follow here comes from the Hebrew word radoth, and it means to pursue or run after. And so what the writer is saying to us tonight is he that pursues righteousness, that wants it so bad that he runs after it, shall not only receive life, but righteousness and honor. If you want to lay a claim on that promise tonight, just clap your hands under the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to pursue your righteousness. Man, thank you, and you may be seated. Praise God. One of my favorite sayings and Elder brother J. Frank Wilson, my father-in-law, had a bunch of them. But one of my favorite little stories that he would tell was 
about a man that was walking uh, through the town and he came by a fella out there just kind of digging his garden and chopping out weeds and he stopped and said, man, that is such a beautiful garden. And he said, uh, God has really blessed you with that because I remember about a year ago when that was nothing but a weed patch. And the man looked back at him and he said, yes, God has blessed me. But when it, when it just belonged to God, it was a weed patch. <laughs> Somebody had to get a hole. Somebody had to plant some seed. Somebody had to do some watering. We're not going to stand here tonight and just let God pour out blessing and righteousness and holiness is going to fall upon us. There's a pursuit that must take place. There's a hunger and a desire that must be in our hearts. Righteousness, godliness, and holiness does not come natural for us. How many will attest to that? We're not born in righteousness. We're born in sin. We're shaping in iniquity. If there's a change from the weed patch to a beautiful garden, somebody's got to jump in there. Now, I'm not trying to say we can do it without God. We've got to have God. But if we will pursue God in a hungry and thirsty manner, God said, I will give you the desire of your heart. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 is so powerful. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Does anybody need a healing in your land tonight? God is going to do great things in this end time. But there must be, and he must see, in you and I, a desire to want to receive his holiness and his righteousness and his glory. I thought of the young folks up here singing that beautiful song, and, and it mainly consisted of one word, holy, giving glory to God and saying, holy, holy, holy. The angels, the elders, John saw it in the book of Revelation. We're bowing down to him and crying continually, holy, holy, holy. We serve a holy God tonight. And the scripture tells us, be ye holy, for I am holy. Is there anybody here tonight that wants to be more like God? Every day that I get up, I want to say, Lord, help me to be more like you today. Help me to pursue you today, Lord, in all of your glory and all of your righteousness and all of your holiness. And we know that if we will not just stand here and say, God, let holiness come to me, it's not going to happen. We've got to go to where holiness is. We've got to reach out and seek after God, his righteousness, his godliness, and his holiness. We must pursue it. Seek it and strive for it. It doesn't come to us naturally. We must seek it. It doesn't just come to us because we've got a desire. 
I think there's a lot of people that have a desire, but we've got to put some legs on that desire. We've got to put some action in that desire and say, Lord, not only do I want you, I'm going to seek you and I'm going to pursue you and I'm going to chase after you from the depths of my heart. Our natural base desires and tendencies are to drift away from God. That's our natural desires and base tendencies is to drift away from God. We don't just naturally drift toward God. We have a battle that's raging in our hearts and in our minds. We have a warfare and that battle that's raging is between carnality and spirituality. Paul put it like this so beautifully in the eighth chapter of Romans. And he said in verse five, for they that are after, everybody say after. We're gonna go after righteousness. Follow after righteousness. We're gonna pursue it. We're gonna run after it. But they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But if we're going to be after the Spirit, the Bible says we have to mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is not subject or is enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. You can want holiness and want righteousness more than anything in this world, but I'm going to tell you that unless you have a mindset that says, I'm going to pursue it with everything that there is within me. It's not just going to come floating your way. You're not going to drift toward righteousness. Your matter of fact, if you don't do something about it, our natural tendencies are to drift away from God. All it takes is just lose your desire to come to church, lose your desire to pray, lose your desire to worship God, don't have a relationship with God, and the next thing you know, you're drifting far away from the shore. To be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritual-minded is life. When we stop and think, we can't even teach righteousness and godliness to people and expect them to change until there's a mindset. There has to be a change from a carnal mind to a spiritual mind because the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. As a preacher of the gospel for many years now, I, I know the feeling of frustration when you preach what people ought to do to be delivered from sin and to make it to heaven and not go to hell and then watch them not do it. And you want to just kind of, uh, you know, if you did what the carnal man wanted to do, just go up there and just kind of slap somebody upside the head and say, what's wrong? Why don't you want to live for God? But we try to refrain from that. So far, I've made it that far. Hope I don't fail tonight. But we've got to realize something. As long as a person is carnal-minded, they are not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. You can teach it to them. 
You can preach it to them. You can give home Bible studies to them. But until they are willing to lay aside the carnal mind and take on the spiritual mind of God, then they're not going to have a desire. They will not be subject to the law of God, and they cannot be subject to the law of God. This is why it's so important that we seek after God with everything that there is within us. We need to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I've got to have a touch of the Holy Ghost today in my life. We can't wait until the end of the day and say, Lord, I'm sorry for all the bad things I did today. We need to wake up and say, Lord, you're able today to guide my footsteps, to direct my steps, to, to get a hold of my mind and make it a spiritual mind. It doesn't come natural, folks. Matter of fact, you can watch little children. You don't have to teach them how to lie. You ever notice that? You walk in the room, you got three kids, lamps fall in the floor and busted, and you say, all right, who, uh, Johnny, did you break that lamp? Nope, 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 not me. Susie, did you do it? Not me. Well, there's only one more left, and he looks up and said, I didn't do it either. Now, you know somebody's lying. And you didn't have to teach them how to lie. They just automatically know how to do that. Can I hear an amen from a few parents out there? You know, it's just a natural thing. It's the nature of man to want to drift away from God. That's why we've got to conquer the old nature. Come on, that's why we need the Holy Ghost. I, I, don't, I don't just stand up here and say, I thank God I got the Holy Ghost 70 or 64 years ago. No, I, I'm thanking God that every day I need to say, Lord, fill me up with the Holy Ghost today. I, I, it's not enough that I got it 54, 64, however long ago it was you got it. We've got to have a fresh anointing from the Spirit of God to make our minds to get in the right mindset of a spiritual mind and let God direct us and have a hunger and thirst for his righteousness. So he goes on to say, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I'm sure if I were to ask the question here tonight, how many of you want to be pleasing to God, that every hand, if you were honest, would go up and say, yes, I want to please God. But if I was to also ask how many of us fail to please God because of a carnal nature or because of a carnal mind, uh, there, every hand would probably go up too if we were to be honest because we need to realize there is a warfare going on right up here between our ears, between the carnal nature and the spiritual nature. And let me tell you something. If you've ever seen what causes weakness in dogs and strength in other dogs, uh, if the dog are, are fighting each other, one's going to win that's stronger. And the one that's going to win and be stronger is the one that you feed. Heard about two old fellas discussing what they fed their coon dogs. One of them asked the other one, said, man, you got such a good coon dog there. So what do you feed that, that dog? And he said, turnip greens. He said, turnip greens, my dog won't eat turnip greens. He said, mine wouldn't either for a week. <laughs> Sometimes we don't like what we have to eat to make us strong. 
You know, you don't have to force your children to eat ice cream, but you may have to make them eat their vegetables and their turnip greens and the peas and the things that's going to make them strong. If we understand something tonight, it better be this. If I'm going to be strong in the spirit, I've got to eat spiritual food. I've got to get my prayer life right. I've got to go to church when the church is having service. I've got to worship God when people are worshiping God. I've got to pray because everything in me wants to go away from God. Everything in this fleshly nature is born to sin and to drift away from God unless there is a mindset. And I'm praying tonight that somebody can get a mindset before you leave this service that says, you know what, I've got my mind made up, my foot's on the rock, my mind's made up, I've got my heart set toward God, and I'm going to seek him with everything that I've got in me. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. If left alone, we deteriorate. You know this, even nature, the Bible said, teaches us this. You see an old highway, remember? I remember seeing roads that people used all the time, and as long as they were using them, Brother Kevin, there was... There was good blacktop and it was good road there to travel on. But then maybe a new highway come in and everybody starts going to the old interstate now and they leave that old road. And the next thing you know, there's weeds growing up, there's grass growing up in it, the kutsu's taking over. Everything that's left alone, you may have the finest house in the world, but if you vacate it, it won't be long until the roof's caving in, the floor's sinking. Everything deteriorates and goes back to ruin. One of the strongest points against evolution is evolution teaches we come from a lower life form into a higher life form, an intelligent life form. But if you stop and think about it, nature is not that way at all. We, we started out when men were average lifespan was around eight or 900 years. Now we got down to about 70, and buddy, it starts hurting then. And if you make it to 80, the Bible said it's going to be with sorrow and with labor and with pain and with suffering. I used to not understand that scripture as much as I do now. But I'm in the bonus zone now. Done made it past that three score and 10. Hadn't made it to the four score yet, but I'm halfway there. And if it keeps deteriorating much more, I don't know <laughs> how far I'm going to go. But I know that the older we get and eventually we lose our hair, what doesn't turn gray turns loose. Lose our teeth. We lose our strength. We lose our stamina. There was an old dear sister in our church in Lafayette and one night we, I went to shake her hand. I said, she said, how you doing, Brother Carson? I said, well, I, t I tell you, I think I've, uh, my mind's wanting to do things my body won't cooperate with. I said, it's kind of like you know, my mind's wanting to write checks that my body won't cash. I said, I got to want to, but I just can't do it. And she said, well, you wait till you get my age. She's about 90 now. She said, I don't even have the want to anymore. <laughs> 
And understand something, that when we realize how much we need the strength of God, we need that victory because everything is going to go downhill. If somebody said, oh, if you've had the Holy Ghost for 64 years and you've already got it made. No, I still have battles to fight every day, every day. It's harder and fast now than it was when I was 30 or 40. You say, but hadn't you gotten a habit of, of praying? Yeah, but it's more than just a habit. It has to be something that comes from the depths of, of your heart. And if we're not careful, sometime when we've been in it so long, we begin to take a lot of things for granted. I don't want to ever take it for granted. Brother Hall, I want, to, I want to get a hunger in my heart that says I want more of God than I've ever had before. I don't care if God lets me live to 100 years old. I hope I'm closer to him at 100 than I am here at 75. I hope that every day I can say I'm closer to God now. Every day just a journey, not backwards, not sideways, but a journey closer to perfection, to God, to holiness, to righteousness. But I know that there's a job ahead of me. I've got to pursue it. I've got to pursue it. Pursuing righteousness. I want to read you a quote from a theologian. His name is D.A. goes by the initials D.A. Carson. He's no kin to me that I know of. So, but anyway, this was a good saying. I read it. I want to share it with you. People... Do not drift toward holiness. Think about it. People do not drift toward holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness. Prayer, obedience to Scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We don't just... Lean in that direction. How many knows it's a battle constantly? Everything in this world and everything about this carnal nature is to pull us down away from God. There's a fight that must go forth. And so he goes on to say, we drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. Boy, does this sound familiar. We slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves that we have been liberated. What is Mr. Carson saying here? He's simply saying that to get holiness and righteousness, we must make a conscientious, determined effort and strive for it. Everybody look over at your neighbor and say, we got to fight for this. 
because everything in this world is to pull you away. Young person, everything in this in the school system is to pull you away from God. Uh, adults, everything in the political system and in the government is to pull you away from God. We are living in an anti-Christ society and an anti-Christian society and we need to realize that our help is not in the government. Our help is not in the world system. Our help is not in the materialistic stuff of this world. But look unto the hills from whence cometh your help for your help cometh from the Lord. We've got to understand that he's the only answer to this world that we're living in. The only answer. We must conscientiously and intentionally pursue God to be like Jesus. We must seek Jesus to be born of his spirit. Can you say amen? In Psalms, the 42nd chapter, in verse 1 and verse 2, David said something and many of us could quote it, but I want to read it to you this evening. He said, as the heart or as the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? When I thought of this, I thought of the times I've been deer hunting, and I remember actually seeing a deer running through the woods. I don't know if dogs had been chasing him or other hunters had been on his trail or what it was, but when he went by, his tongue was hanging way out to the side of his mouth, and it looked like he was about to take his last drive and his last surge forward. He was panting, oh, for the water brook, if I can just make it. Many times if you've hunted deer, you know that when you shoot one, if he doesn't go down immediately, he's going to go to where water is. There's something about the water that draws him there. And many times they'll die right there while they're drinking the water. But David, no doubt, had seen this before, and he said, as that deer pants after the water brook, so does my soul pant after you, God. Oh, if I'm on my last leg, let it be to surge towards you, Jesus. If I'm on my last words, let it be words that magnify you, Lord. If I've only got strength to lift up one hand, let me lift it up towards you, God. Not in surrender to the things of this world, but in surrender to the things of God. So he says, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? How many's ever felt like that? Lord, during the night, sometimes you're going through battles and you think, Lord, where, where are you, Father? I wish I could feel your presence. They were singing a song tonight that talked about take me to there to that place Lord where I can feel your presence and, and where I know that you're real and we know God never leaves us nor forsake us but I'm going to tell you Jesus on the cross said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me we know that God never forsook him but we know that they felt God forsaken at that moment when he bore all of our sins upon his own body and in his own soul he never sinned one time but he bore our sin for our salvation 
salvation. And I'm telling you, if we will be honest, there's times when we feel like God is nowhere within a million miles of us. But that's the time when we need to pursue him so much more, when we need to thirst after God, when we need to hunger for they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Strive to enter in. Jesus said in one place, strive to enter in at the straight gate. Strive. The word strive means to fight for, to endeavor with strenuous zeal. How long has it been since you've gave, given God everything you got and said, Lord, I've got to touch you. If I can't do anything else, I've got to touch heaven. I've got to be where you are. I've got to have righteousness in my soul. I'm going to hunger for it. I'm going to thirst after it. David, the Bible said, was a man that was what? After God's own heart. Now, does that mean that he had a, a heart that was as holy and perfect as God's? No. He wouldn't have done some of the things that he did if he had a heart that was like God's. But it didn't say he was a man who had a heart like God's heart. He said he was a man who was after God's heart. Paul put it like this, the writer of most of the New Testament. I count not myself to have apprehended, brethren, to have already attained what I'm looking for. But this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth for the things that are before. I press, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is a press. This is a, a striving. This is a fight for it. I, I like to read Louis Lemur. I guess I've wrote, read probably every book that he ever wrote. I like those old westerns. But I remember one, I think, I think his name was Conagher. And he was riding up into the old ranch yard and on his horse. And he had a big old black eye and little old boy come running out there by the corral where he just rode up on his horse and he looked up there and said hey mister who gave you that black eye he said nobody boy I fought for it I'm going to tell you this isn't just going to be something that's going to be handed to you on a silver platter if you want righteousness you got to fight for it if you want holiness you got to strive for it Come on, if you want to be a man after God's own heart, a woman after God's own heart, a young person after God's own heart, you got to get up and race toward him. You can't just sit there on a pew and expect to suddenly become like God. You've got to push your way through. You've got to go through the press. You've got to make up your mind. No more am I going to sit by idly and expect God to dump blessings on me. I've got something I've got to do. I've got to pursue righteousness and if I'll pursue it I'm going to find life and righteousness and honor let's all stand tonight Woo, hallelujah go for it praise God look over at your neighbor and say fight for it go after it you ever wonder why people don't ask the question what must I do to be lost I'll tell you why, because the answer is real simple, nothing. 
You don't have to do a thing to be lost. Just stay as you are. But if we're going to be saved, there's something we've got to do. We've got to seek God with all of our heart. I think of the words of Paul. He said, I die daily. I don't know about you, but I've got to kill this old flesh out every day. It's a battle. This flesh is a battle. And we have to fight to keep it under subjection. We have to pray. We have to come to church and we've got to be fed. It may just be turnip greens. Sometimes we don't get fed with uh, those nice, what's that flavor? My wife loves it so much. Butter pecan ice cream. Sometimes it's not butter pecan ice cream or coconut cake. Sometimes the pastor and the minister of the gospel has to preach old turnip greens and broccoli and beans and cornbread. Just something that's going to feed our soul because we've got to have some strength to fight in this end time. And it's not going to get better, folks. The Bible said evil men are going to wax what? Worse and worse. It's not going to get better and better. It's going to wax worse and worse. But I love that scripture that said where sin doth abound. Where sin doth abound. Grace doth much more abound, Brother Brad. Isn't it wonderful that God has offered us what we need to make heaven? But he wants you to want it so bad that you're willing to fight for it. Sometimes he allows us to go through temptations and trials because it's that resistance that makes us strong. I used to read comic books when I was a little boy, and back on the back they had Charles Atlas. And you could have muscles like Charles Atlas if you'd send them 98 cents and get that book on how to do it. And then you could kick sand in the other guy's face instead of being the 98-pound weakling that Charles Atlas was kicking sand in your face. Anybody old enough to remember those beside me here? Yeah, one or two maybe. Young people scratching their heads and say, what in the world? Where did that come from? I found out real quick that 98 cents wasn't going make, to make any muscles on me. I could send it in and read that book all day long and never get a bigger bicep. But if I'd start lifting them weights, my brother, my oldest brother was a weightlifter. He had 20-inch biceps. I've seen him put on a shirt and it stopped right there because his sleeve wasn't big enough. And I thought, I'm going to do the same thing. But I wasn't willing to go to that gym like he was. That's why mine's like it looks right now. Are you willing to exercise your faith? Come on, are you willing to strive? Are you willing to fight for the victory? It's going to take some determination and a made-up mind. It starts right up here tonight. How many of you would like to get a greater spiritual mind than you have right now? 
Our, our, we live in a time, folks, where it's harder now. I've, I've been in this for, like I said, many years, but it's harder fight now than it was years ago. There's so many distractions. There's so many things the devil has put in our world to distract us from the spiritual. But I'm, I'm saying if we're willing to pull the earplugs out of our ears, if we're willing to turn the computer off and shut down the cell phone occasionally and get in the closet with God and pray and seek his face and seek his righteousness, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Tonight I want to see how many of you would be willing to just say, you know what, I know I can't get it just by standing here and folding my arms, but if I'll make an effort of walking down toward that altar, I believe that God will see that I have a desire to pursue righteousness, to pursue godliness, to pursue it, to fight for it, to strive to get closer to God than I've ever been before. That's good. Come right on in Jesus' name because we all need this. We all need to get a closer walk with him. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, from the youngest to the oldest tonight, none of us have made it yet. We haven't heard the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Haven't heard those words yet. But I believe if we will pursue it, that God will let us find it. If we will hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. Let's lift our voices unto him together right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we desire a closer walk with you, Lord. We realize, Lord, that it's a battlefield that we're in, that we're in a warfare between the flesh and the spirit, between the carnal mind and the spiritual mind. Lord, and the one that we feed the most is going to be the stronger of the two. God, help us to feed our spiritual man, to feed our spiritual mind, to get more into your word, to get more into prayer and worship and in the house of God. Oh, Lord, we want you. We want a greater relationship with you, Lord. We don't want to just have a, a form of godliness and deny the power thereof, but Lord, we want to touch you tonight. In Jesus' name, give us a spiritual mindset, Lord. Give us a spiritual mind tonight, Father, that we might pursue your righteousness, your godliness, and your holiness. In Jesus' name, and if you believe he's going to do it, clap your hands under the... Shake hands of somebody near and say, we're going to make it. We're going to fight the devil. We're going to fight the enemy. We're going to bind together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Men's breakfast this Sunday at what? Eight o'clock. Any other announcements, just come up here and help yourself.